sales while it's happening are important, but the fortune is in the follow-up. So if we look at sales statistics, we learn that the average salesperson, that's me and you and everybody listening, only follows up twice. But most sales are made through the fifth and the 12th attempts. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today. One that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible. One that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome to another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. Today's episode is about live events. And to be totally honest, I kind of dread planning and the time leading up to a live event. It's a lot of work, but once I'm at the live event, I get so energized and I have so much fun interacting with everyone. So why would I do a podcast episode on live events if I kind of dread the process to make them happen? Because from my own experience, I have seen how lucrative and impactful they can be for online businesses, even if you're a solopreneur. The proof is in this podcast episode, so keep listening. I'm really looking forward to this episode because live events get people inspired and ready to take action in their lives, which is the perfect place for you to sell your offer. So live events can either be held in person or virtually. And in today's episode, we're going to focus on how you can leverage virtual live events today. And while they can be a heavy lift, they are also such a great way to humanize your business, expand your reach, and engage with your community. So today, I'm chatting with someone who has a proven strategy that will take your live events to a profitable new level, where you'll be able to make a big chunk of your annual revenue. Darnielle Jervie Harmon is that someone. 
and her business surpassed the million dollar mark in just three short years, due largely in part to the live events she held. And now it's her mission to help others do the same. Her path to success is also very similar to that of many of my students, maybe even you. She was working in a nine to five. She started her side hustle, built and tested her online course, and then quit her job to dive into that side hustle full time. Now she's making millions living out her dream. Darnielle is the CEO of Incredible One Enterprises a multi-million dollar coaching and consulting brand best known for transforming the lives of its business coaching clients. Darnell's work has been featured in Essence, Success, Forbes, and O Magazine. Yeah, O, like Oprah. She is also a speaker, host of the Move to Millions podcast, and a best-selling author with seven books to her name. I did one, and I don't know if I'll ever do another, so seven is very impressive. To say the least, we're dealing with a go-getter here. So get ready to take some notes because I have a feeling you're going to leave this episode fired up and ready to boost your revenue by hosting your own live virtual event. All right, please help me welcome Darnielle to the podcast. Well, hey there, Darnielle. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to have you here. I am so excited to be here, Amy. Now, I already talked about you in the intro, but I love to hear like in your own words, you're at a cocktail party, you run into someone, they say, what do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah, so I am a business transformer. We work with six-figure service-based entrepreneurs and we transform them into CEOs who make, move, and leave millions. Ooh, that is sexy. I like that. And for those of you who are listening that you're not six figures yet, You will be. So you want to pay attention. Plus, we're talking about a topic that you could do no matter how much money you're making in your business. Oh, my gosh. And your ability to make six figures could literally happen as a result of your virtual event. Yes, that's what I love. So this episode is for everyone who is listening today and no matter where you are on your journey. So let's dive right into talking about these live virtual events. Do you have a specific aha moment where you just like realized the power of live events to grow your business? Like, was there a moment that you just kind of got it? Absolutely. So for me, and I don't know, you know, your listeners are going to be coming from lots of different places, a lot of newbies that haven't really done this yet, but I got tired of the proverbial knocking on one door at a time. Yes. My students and audience can totally relate to that. Yes. And I was like, there has got to be a better way, Amy. Like someone's got to build a better mousetrap, right? And so it started as a hypothesis. Now, this was before I learned that there was a whole live event industry. But Darnielle said, listen, if I need to get people in a place where I could make money, I can make money in the easiest way possible. I need to get as many people together at one time. So that was literally how it started. Now, our live events started in physical proximity. They became virtual events as a result of COVID-19. So we would literally get anywhere from audience sizes. We did an event with 10 people. Now the price tag for that event, Amy, was around $2,500 per person, but literally 10 people and as many as 300 people. Actually, no, we even had one that had 500 people that paid a $49 ticket to come to this $500 event. I mean, this $49 event, 500 people, and we ended up generating more than a half a million dollars in a half day. Because you sold something at the virtual event? Because we sold something. Like the courses that your peeps, that they have, they can sell these courses at their live events. And 
just to be clear, a live event for all intents and purposes is probably something you might call a webinar right now with a few extra things. It's primarily going to be you gathering people together on Zoom and adding in some gamification, adding in some breakout rooms, creating a dashboard, and that becomes your live event. Okay, so we're not talking about a lot of bells and whistles. That's why no matter where you are in your journey, you could figure this out and you could pull this off. So because many of my listeners are, like you said, online course creators, I would imagine that a handful of them would opt for a virtual event over a live one, like I've done in the most recent years. I have absolutely switched from live events in person, which I've done in the past, I might get back to, but since COVID, I've done them all virtual and they've been just as impactful. They've been incredible. So I think a lot of my listeners would opt for that virtual live event like we're talking about. But much of what we talk about today can be used in both virtual and in-person settings. So why would hosting a virtual live event be beneficial for a course creator's online business? And what does a virtual live event showcase? I know you kind of gave us a little snapshot, but let's get into some particulars there. Okay, so why would you want to do it? Because it's an opportunity to go from one click at a time to buy your course to 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 or 300 clicks at one time buying your course. Like if you've ever gotten excited about your Stripe notifications going off a couple at a time, you're going to go absolutely bonkers when it's like ding, 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 ding. It just never stops dinging because you got these people all to a place. They are galvanized together. They have a shared purpose. They want something amazing to happen, i.e. what your course covers. And they want to figure out how to actually solve the problem that you're going to solve for them in the fastest way possible to get to the result. And you, as the expert, are going to present a forum for them to all come together. So you're creating community, right? One of our highest needs as humans is based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is the need to belong. So you're going to solve our need to belong. We're going to find people who are just like us. Online entrepreneurship is lonely. You feel like you're the only one out there chugging along every single day until you get around your peeps and something magical happens. The emergence of a third brain like Napoleon Hill happens when we get into proximity with people. So there's this power and this energy that stirs up this excitement and empowerment and motivation that makes them all want to come along on this journey together. And when you're doing your live event and you highlight the people who are saying yes to themselves through your course, it's going to make other people want to do the same thing. And that's how you can create that windfall from just sitting in your office with a cute top on and your yoga pants. <laughs> you don't even need to dress your whole body. Now, if you decide to go to a studio like Amy likes to do, then you're going to have to get fully dressed. But you don't need to do that to do a virtual event. Like literally just cute on top. And you're going to present content that is an introduction to your course. Demonstrate the power that your course is going to unpack for your people and set them on a journey to say yes to themselves through your course and make money. We know why this could be so powerful. You could sell your course at your virtual live event. Now, where it differs from, let's say, a webinar is typically, and tell me if you agree with this, you might go for 
four or five hours that day. It could be a full event where you do a a welcome session. You might even have a guest speaker. You might have a student do a testimonial. You'll teach something on mindset, maybe something on strategy, and you could do breakout rooms like you said. And then there's going to be a time where you have reserved to pitch your product. Do I have that right? You do have it right. I will make a couple of tweaks. I want to make this easy peasy lemon squeezy for your peeps, right? So here is the proven run of show for your virtual event. Oh, you have a run of show. I had no idea. Bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah, just like you would in a a live event, right? Like I said, most of the things are exactly the same. So I recommend a five hour event. The first hour, the first session is 60 minutes. You're going to do your logistics, you're going to do your welcome, and then you're going to do your mindset. We always have to start priming your audience with mindset. So we're going to get into mindset in the first session. Then you're going to take a 15-minute break. During that 15-minute break, some people will, you know, they'll go get something to eat, they'll go to the potty, they'll do all of that. While that's happening, you will run, like we have a testimonial loop or like, um, so you can do a testimonial loop. You can do... If you have other clients and things that you've worked with, you can do what's included in your framework or in your course. But something is running during that 15 minute break with nice music because not everybody is going to step away. Then you're going to come back for your second session and it's for 45 minutes. In your second session, you're going to do strategy. So up to two things like so let's say your framework has five pieces, right? One piece is always mindset. And so I'm going to use my framework as an example. So my first 60-minute session will be on success mindset. My second session would be a hybrid session with strategy and sales. And I would talk about that for 45 minutes. So a nice overview, give some examples, get the people in the audience engaging with us and give them an example of what this could look like inside of their businesses. Then we're going to take another 15-minute break. So we can take in our 15 minute break. And the reason for the 15 minute breaks at every session is so that your people get to refresh themselves and they're ready for more content. Only 15 minutes after the hour you are back on, you are starting. Okay. Then this next session would be the next two topics. So for me, I would talk about systems and support in that third session. 45 minutes, a nice overview of what I mean by systems and one example of what they need to do to get started. One nice overview of support and what that would look like for them and support for us means building out their team. One thing that they can do to get started. Then we're going to take another 15 minute break. Then we're going to come back for a 45 minute session where you have a few options. Option one is you can do hot seat coaching or coaching spotlights where you pull people out of the audience. You let them ask you a question to demonstrate your expertise. If that makes you uncomfortable, don't do that. Instead, bring people up that have worked with you to do some testimonials and you literally just interview them about what it was like to go through your course. Or maybe your course is new, but you've worked with some people one-on-one in order to build out the framework for your course. So you present those beta testimonials, right? That's what you're going to do over that 45-minute session and you're going to take questions. So this fourth session is about demonstrating your expertise. Because they've got to know, they being your audience, they've got to know that if they sign up for this course, they are going to get the support that they need and you're going to be able to answer the questions that they have while they're going through the course. Then we're going to take a 15-minute break. And then that final session is you making your offer. 
And so you're first going to start your offer by recapping everything that happened throughout the day. You're going to get the people in your audience virtually. I like to have people comment stuff. And what we do is we build a legend. So for instance, if I say, if your favorite session today was session number three, put a two in the chat. Well, the person on my team that is supporting me during that event, which could be a team member or it could be your cousin or your teenager, is writing down two equals session three so that you know what the legend means when you go back to your chat record. So we start with a recap. Then we remind them of what's possible by getting access to this course and solving whatever the problem is that the course solves. And then we invite them. I believe that invitation precedes transformation. So we invite them to get the transformation they seek through the course. You do a high-level overview, benefits, not features, because features overwhelm, and you want these people to say yes to themselves through you. And then you present your offer. You've already tested to make sure all your buttons are working. And then as people enroll while you're still in session after you've made your offer, then you welcome them like or someone on your team says, congratulations, Amy Porterfield just bought (laughs) whatever is going on. So that people are excited because they see people have signed up and then that'll make them sign up. That's your five hour event. And if you do this, you can do it for free. I recommend that you do it at a lower price point. So anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks, something that is going to be a no brainer for them. They won't have to think about it. The reason why I recommend that they pay something is because that is demonstrative to you that a good portion of them will buy again. If you do it for free, it's really a crapshoot. Agree. Now, have you ever finished that event and followed up with a sales promotional email sequence to everyone who didn't buy, but they were at the event? Absolutely. Even more than that, Amy, at every break, there's an email that deploys that summarized the session we just finished and tells them what's coming up next. That's great because I just finished a two-day virtual event. Those of you who are at Entrepreneur Experience, shout out. And one of the challenges is taking breaks and getting people to come back. They get busy. They're either at a nine-to-five job or they're at their house. They start doing laundry. Someone starts talking to them and now they're not back. But if you send those emails saying, come on back, I'll tell you about the next session. You don't want to miss it. It does make a huge difference. Emails and text message. Oh, I like text messages even better in the moment like that. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. So emails, text messages at every break and an email promo sequence that you already write. You're ready to deploy right after the event. Like that night we sent out an email and then it triggered for the next week. So correct. Yep. A seven day sequence. The first email goes out anywhere from two to four hours after the experience is over. They're still buzzing and you're right in their inbox. Oh, so fantastic. And I love the specificity. So thank you so much for that. Okay, so now that they have this run of show, a question I have for you is, are there some key factors or elements to consider before they even start to plan this live event? Is this the same for a virtual or in-person? Are there things that you just got to figure out before? Absolutely. So I like to borrow from Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. So what is the reason why you're doing this event, right? It's not a birthday party. It's an opportunity to make sales, (laughs) right? So be clear, I am going to be offering them access to my course. Now, your course may normally be, you know, available in whatever system you use to deploy it. And maybe it doesn't normally, if someone's buying it outside of your event launch, 
maybe it doesn't normally come with a ramp up or kickstart calls with you to get everybody excited. So as a part of this specific launch, you want to think about what bonuses you want to add in so that people are really excited. Because think about it this way. And you guys, as you're watching and listening, you probably right now have courses that you bought that did not come with any interaction from the person who did the course that you have yet to crack open digitally or physically, right? For those of you who remember the home study days. So the way that you actually get people to take advantage of what you're teaching them is you create a ramp up. So that might be a bonus. So again, maybe they get lifetime access, a 12 month access, whatever amount of access they get. But for those first six to eight weeks, you're showing up live to do Q&A with them to keep them going and excited and getting motivated, right? That might be a bonus that you want to consider before you even announce that you're having an event. You want to build out what your offer is going to be. You want to also get clear about which audience is the best audience for your event. And then you need to find out where they are gathering in large enough numbers that if you showed up there, you would get a good portion of them to follow you to your sales page to buy their ticket to your virtual event. Number three thing you want to think about are who are the client or student stories that if they were shared during your virtual event, it would inspire other people into action. Everything we're doing is about enrollment. Again, we're not having a party we are seeking to enroll. This is how you can change your situation. If you have a nine to five job, if you've just become a course creator and this is your first thing, you can turn that virtual event into 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 by beginning with the end in mind and thinking about the ideal client, thinking about the offer and thinking about even what you wanna teach. One of the biggest mistakes I see, Amy, is we are so excited about our content that we just want to throw up on our participants and teach them everything. And so you have to be strategic even with what you share, especially if you are like me. I am a very thorough course creator. I think of everything and I create a module around that so that if there's ever a point in time someone's going through this course and I'm not around, I like answer their questions in anticipation of what they might be. Well, that's great in the course, but that's not so great in the virtual event. We've got to give them enough information to make them confident that this is going to give them access to the solution that they need without giving them so much information that we overwhelm them. Because if they become overwhelmed, they will not say yes to themselves through the next step. They will think that they can take what they've already learned in action and eat on that. And you and I both know, as you've created this course, that that is not going to serve them very, very well. And so even when you're thinking about your content, when I say that 45-minute session, I really want you to only have 20 to 25 minutes of you teaching, and the rest of the time is for them to engage with each other and kind of download and debrief what you just gave them so that they make space for more. So fantastic. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. 
You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Okay, so that got me thinking, when you are on a virtual live event, one thing that's so important is that there's interaction and people are commenting and they're, they're staying focused because that is going to absolutely increase your sales if you do that right. So how do you encourage meaningful audience interaction during a live virtual event? Oh, you're going to love this, Amy. So one of the things that I do with my team and your team can be, again, virtual assistants, teenagers, best friends, client, anyone that is supporting you for the purposes of the event, we create a one pager with all the prompts and when those prompts are copied and pasted into the chat. So we have every person who's serving as our team change their name to their first name dash team incredible one for our company, Incredible One Enterprises. At the start in that first session, that first 60 minute session, remember I said, part of that is your logistics. Part of your logistics is bringing everybody who's supporting you that day to the camera so everybody gets to see them and they get to see who's going to be interacting with them in the chat. And then periodically, as I say, welcome to the chat, they're commenting, welcome, comment where you're from, right? If I'm saying, you know, put a one in the chat if this is your challenge, they're repeating what I said. As people are making comments, they're engaging with them. So we do that. And then we also do an element of gamification. We may be adults. I'm 40 plus years old, but I love a good game. And so we give points towards something that it wouldn't otherwise be available, that they couldn't go and buy on our website 
that they can earn points. And I do a giveaway at the end of the day. That's also how we get people to come back because they can't win the prize unless they are present. And I don't do it until the final session. And you can do lots of different things. Like you can do as many giveaways as you want. They can be related to your work and your course. They could be other things that you love. Whatever is clever works. All of these things keep people engaged and excited. We also really love to get people to fill out the Q&A, like to ask their questions as things are coming up for them as I'm teaching. If a person asks a question, they're going to stick around to hear the answer. Oh, these are all great strategies. This is my favorite kind of interview when I get like the real good detailed strategy. So thank you for that. Now, I know that one of the scariest things for entrepreneurs, especially newbie entrepreneurs, when they're throwing a live event is, oh my gosh, what if no one signs up? And what if no one actually comes to my event? So what's your strategy to get your ideal customer to actually sign up for your event, attend your event, and to take that one step further, how do you fill a virtual room with the right people who would be eager to take you up on whatever that offer is, whether it be your course or a higher ticket offer or whatever it might be? Yeah, so remember when I said earlier, you wanna figure out where the ideal person to attend your virtual event is gathering and go there, right? So I believe in what I call the show up and shake it principle. Okay, what's that? Show up and shake it means you go to wherever they're already gathering and you dazzle them so that they want to learn more about who you are and what you do. So you should already know what groups they frequent, which social media outlet is the best for them. You should be spending time. So at minimum, my recommendation is three months before your event is going to happen, you want to be generating awareness so that people are aware. And the whole time you're generating awareness, you will get people to sign up. As people sign up, one of the things that we have done, because I remember this, I used to be a Mary Kay beauty consultant and Mary Kay Ash used to always say people work harder for praise and recognition than they do for money. And everybody wants to see their name in lights. So you know what we do, Amy? Every time someone registers, we create a social media banner that we post on social saying, congratulations, Amy Porterfield is coming to whatever the name of your event is. We tag you in it. We post it on our Facebook group. We post it on my personal page. We make it a story. We create a reel. So we are putting your name in lights and getting you really, really excited. And here's what happens. I see Amy's coming. And I was looking at this virtual event. I wasn't sure if I was going to go or not. But now that I know she's coming, I'm coming too. Because no one wants to be where they won't know people so that they have something that keeps them connected long after the experience is over. So that's been a really great way to highlight the people that are coming, give them some praise and recognition, which also becomes a stick strategy so that they show up. And it's a great way to get other people to be able to see it. So that's one of my favorite fill the room strategies that we use. In addition to that, based on your level of comfort, picking up the phone or sending individual text messages. Amy and I were talking just before we started recording about my book because, you know, Amy's book came out and my book came out. I literally have 1,200 people in my phone. Amy, I sent a personal text message to 1,200 people to get a copy of my book. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. That's scrappy right there. (laughs) I was like, listen, 
I'm going to make sure everyone knows because I know the biggest thing I hear all the time whenever I'm doing anything, no matter how visible I am, is I didn't even know that was happening. And so I'm like, all of these people are in my phone. I'm going to reach out and make sure that they all know. And a good chunk of them bought at least one copy of the book. So it is a scrappy strategy. And it's especially important for your newbies that might not have their own communities yet, right? This course might be their entree into online entrepreneurship. Start where you are, start with who you know, make sure that they understand what I call the who, what, why, and share it with them. And here's a quick script that you can use in your text message, right? Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I need. Here's what's in it for you. Can I count on you? And you're inviting those people to your event. That's the goal of this? So invite them to the event. And who do they know, right? So here's what I'm doing. I'm hosting my very first virtual event. I'm going to teach people how to insert the problem you solve. Here's what I need. I need people like you and and the people that you know that I don't know to come and hang out with me for five hours for $25, if that's how much it costs. Here's what's in it for you. If you get five of your friends to register to join me, I'm going to be doing a bonus private Q&A session the next day after my virtual event, and you'll get a ticket to that. I count on you. All of those things go in your text or your email to your friends or to your buddies at church, wherever. DMs, DMs on Instagram. DMs, everything. People support what they help to create. That fosters our sense of security and our belonging. And that will also create other people that will send people who might actually be your ideal clients to come and hang out with you. I love the scrappiness of that because sometimes in the beginning, I know this was true for me. That's all I had. I didn't have a big email list. I didn't have a big social media following. So I had to get really creative on how to get in front of the right people. So this is fantastic. And again, you could do it text message, email, and DM strategy on Instagram or Facebook. So you've got a lot of options here, but you do have to kind of hustle in the beginning. When you don't have a big audience, you're going to have to put yourself out there. Yeah, you're going to have to be intentional for sure. Intentional. That's a great word. Okay, so for my students who are newer to live events, I always give them gentle reminders that it doesn't have to be a massive production with hundreds of attendees to be successful. They can still be just as profitable on a smaller scale. So speaking of profit, what are your tips to maximize profits from a live virtual event? Yeah, absolutely. Because I agree the goal and the way we keep scoring business is profit. So we want to be as profitable as possible. So number one, Leveraging a tool you're already using like Zoom. Sure, you can go into studios and do all of that. And that may come one day later when you've got a bigger filing and you're making more money. But again, you can do it right in your home. If you don't have a a beautiful backdrop like I have or Amy has, go buy a really nice blanket and put that behind you to create a backdrop. Or you can use a virtual backdrop right? So that's going to save you a lot of money. If you don't have team members that are on payroll, whether that means they're contractors or employees, and they probably wouldn't be if you're just getting started, who do you know that supports you that wants you to win? And can they show up for you for five hours? Get them to volunteer in exchange for you cooking them dinner, taking them out to dinner. Something like that is another great way to save. And then if you have Canva, You can get templates for your PowerPoint presentations. Like you don't have to go hire people. If you're already paying for a Canva, use what you already have in order to support your ability to get started. The very first time, Amy, we did a virtual event 
was October of 2020. We were scheduled to have a live, live event for three days and then COVID happened. And then the restrictions on how many people could gather together, we had to do our event because that's a big part of our business model. So we decided to move the party to Zoom. We literally did it on Zoom for three days. I mean, I think at that point in time, like we didn't have the free Zoom because you need more than 45 minutes. We might've been paying $14.99 to do it on Zoom. Like I literally was sitting (laughs) behind my desk like I am now, right? I did my own makeup. Like I really did not have to spend a lot of money to produce that very first event. We did like $200,000, like the very first time we had to do it. And here's the part that's going to get people really excited. It was with 50 people. So it wasn't hundreds of people in order to be able to make it happen. And for those of you who are just thinking about your course, and maybe your course is is just $2,000, could you get excited about an extra $10,000 and you didn't have to leave your home to make it? Could you get excited about 10 people signing up and making 20,000? Like, There is no wrong answer at how simple this can be for you to be able to onboard new students for your course without having to have a huge expense to be able to make it happen. That's why I love live events. That's why I love virtual events. That's why I love webinars. Like, that's why I love all of it. It has really taken the need to overextend our expenses down substantially. And so it's perfect for those of you who are just getting started. I agree. I always say, keep it simple, get fancy later. So we're not adding a lot of bells and whistles, which actually is a perfect segue to my next question. I want to talk about logistics. So the logistics that go into planning a live event can get out of control so fast. So it's essential to be organized and put a system in place to ensure everything runs smoothly from start to finish. So for my students and listeners who are solopreneurs or have maybe one or two people on their team, what can this system look like for them and why does it work? Like, let's get into some details and talk about this in terms of big and small scale events if you can. Absolutely. So One of the things that I want to share for you, and I think we're going to talk about this at some point, so I'm going to kind of put the cat out of the bag right now. So I have a really great cheat sheet that I want to give you that sets up all the things you need to know and what you need to pull together for your event. And so I like to organize the event in three categories. So before the event, during the event, and after the event. It makes it really simple for you to think about what needs to be done and what's the priority level on everything that needs to get done. The things that are on your before the event checklists are like picking a name, your marketing, determining the date, getting clear about your ideal client, determining what you're going to offer on the back end of the event, clarifying that you have Zoom and you can do a Zoom meeting so that you have breakout sessions, identifying and finding those people that are going to be your support team on the day that you actually host this five-hour event. So that's the types of things that are on that before the event happens checklist. During the event, You want to make sure that you have your run of show, that you have your chat prompt cheat sheet for the people who are supporting you so that they know when to copy and paste which prompt to get your audience to be engaged. If you're sending them into breakout sessions, you want to make sure that you have your breakout session leaders. They know who they are. They're ready to step up and guide the conversation. You want to make sure that the buttons for your offer work. So if you're going to post a QR code, Make sure that all that has been tested because that's going to now come into effect. You want to think about who are the people that you're going to feature on your testimonial success panel. So you want to make sure everybody's ready to go. They know when they're showing up, all of that kind of thing. 
whatever your PowerPoint presentations are, if you're doing a testimonial loop during the breaks, all of that stuff is done for what happens during. And then after your event, oh, included also enduring are those emails that go out in between each session and potentially those text messages. And then after the event is over, that's when your follow-up and your open cart happens. So you want to make sure you have your seven email sequence. I like two sequences. The general sequence that is just, hey, this was the offer that I made. Do you want it? And then the click but didn't take the action sequence. So they clicked, but they didn't actually buy the course. So we need a second sequence that says, hey, you clicked on this. You're interested. Why didn't you buy? Here are some frequently asked questions. Should you hit reply to tell me about what your question? Should we potentially jump on a quick phone call? So we're thinking about every element after that has happened so that we can influence sales. If you're going to have a seven-day open cart, you want to make sure that during that seven days after, you and the people that are supporting you are in the DMs and following up with people and sending additional text messages just to give everybody the chance to say yes to themselves through this amazing new course that you're launching for them. So those are the three phases and some of the logistics that we have to think about. Here's what I want you to notice about all of this that I didn't say, because this is the power of virtual events as opposed to live events. There are no big logistics of, are we in the right room? Or did the pipe and drape show up? Or, you know, is the food going to be ready? Like, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff in order to pull off an event that is successful for you and brings new students into your course. Yes. And that's the part that I love the very most. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about setting some goals for your live event. So what metrics should they be looking at outside of how much revenue they want to make? What else are they looking at? Two really important ones. Number one is attendees. And number two is buying units. Here's what I mean by buying units. Everybody who attends your event may not be a person who can buy. Your mom, your sister, your brother, and your aunt Kat are all going to be there. They may not be a buyer for this course, but each of them are bringing three to five friends from work who all could be buyers. So I want you to take a look at your registration sheet and determine which of those people could make a decision to invest in themselves through your course. Something that can help you to determine who those people are going to be is after they buy their ticket, have them fill out a little questionnaire or intake form so you can learn a little bit about them and you can begin to qualify them before you start so that you have a good starting point about who's actually going to be a person that could buy. If you know, I'll keep the numbers really simple, that you're going to have 25 people at this virtual event and you know of those 25 people, 15 of them could buy your course. Going in with that data as they're engaging in the chat, in those little 15-minute breaks that you have, you can be checking in with your chat person to see, are these people commenting? Because these are the people that are the buying units to get a good idea. You can create a plan for how you're going to follow up with those 15 people when it's over to see if they have any questions to support them in order to be able to make a decision. So those are probably the two biggest metrics that I recommend tracking. When you're in the marketing phase, you want to be paying attention to what you're putting out there and what the responses are. So, you know, who's opening the emails? Who's clicking the emails? Who's getting to the page and taking the next step or not? Those are going to be some analytics that are going to be important for you to track as well. But while you're actually on that event, who's an attendee? Who's a buying unit? Did we 
set up a situation where the people who could buy actually do buy. And so we know who we should follow up with when it's over. Ooh, that's something I've never done. I've never done homework before to understand who's in the room, who could potentially be good for this new opportunity, and then paying close attention to them during the live event. The smaller your audience is, the easier that is to do. So if you have a small audience, you can get scrappy like that. And I think that is not even just scrappy, it's super strategic. Even when it's a larger audience, Amy, what we do is we designate members of our team and we split the list. So we're like, okay, you're focused on this 100. You're focused on this 100. So that we're taking every possible opportunity to make them feel seen, safe and heard because that's when people invest. And so that's what we want to create for them inside of the experience. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so this has been so fantastic. And I love that we talked about the logistics of how to set it up, what exactly to do for the five hours. And also, I think so importantly, what to do after, how to follow up with those sales you didn't make on that live event. So I feel like we covered so much, but what would be your like final words of wisdom to someone's listening? They're like, I kind of have a small audience, but I'm excited about this. This would be a cool, different way to sell my digital course. What would be your words of wisdom for them? Yeah, so what I would say is that sales while it's happening are important, but the fortune is in the follow-up. So if we look at sales statistics, we learn that the average salesperson, that's me and you and everybody listening, only follows up twice. But most sales are made through the fifth and the 12th attempts. So do your follow-up. And don't be alarmed or disheartened if you have 50 or 100 people on and only one person buys during the actual event. Let me tell you what that means. That means that what you've presented to them is desirable and it is validated. As soon as one person invests, you know that whatever it is you put together, it is worthy of other people wanting to access it. Not everybody is a quick decision maker. And it's going to also depend on whether or not you leveraged, we didn't get into this, Amy, but if you leverage a quick decision strategy where there might be another bonus that you offer them to get people to buy right now, that reduces the amount of follow-up you might have to do on the back end. But that's why that email sequence is so important so that you're in their face every day or in their inbox every day, at least once a day for those seven days. Because let me tell you, life happens to a lot of people. I'm excited. I'm engaged. I've been on your virtual event. I even have the page open to buy your course. And immediately as I'm about to click the button, my babies are like, mom. And I go and I respond. And now all of a sudden I forgot. I completely forgot. And if you don't email me once, twice, maybe seven times, I might continue to forget and not be able to take advantage of something that I fully intended. So remember the importance of follow-up. And don't allow what happens in the moment to dictate what will happen in the launch. That's what I would add at the end. That's great advice. Woo! This was an action-packed episode, just like I like it. So thank you for that. Tell everyone what you're most excited about and also where they can learn more from you. Because I know people are going to be like, whoa, she's pretty awesome. I want to dig in a little deeper. So talk to me about what you're most excited about and how people can find you. Yeah, so right now I am most excited about helping so many more people figure out how to grow their businesses without having a hustle and grind. And then the last thing I'm always excited about is watching new people come into the marketplace 
leveraging a skill and a talent that is going to solve a problem for other people and learning how to monetize that. That's why I love the work that you're doing. I love how easy and simplistic you make it so that anybody can leverage it and learn how to make more money. So that excites me as well. And then lastly, where can you find me? The best place to go is move to millions.com. Once you go there, you'll get connected to, you know, how to find me on social media. You'll learn about my book, our courses, everything that we have at move to millions.com. I love to use that because it's a big part of our brand, but also you don't have to remember how to spell my name. Yeah, that's so true. And you have a book. Talk about what your book's about. Okay. Yeah. So the book is called Move to Millions, The Proven Framework to Become a Million Dollar CEO with Grace and Ease Instead of Hustle and Grind. In the United States, our culture is hustle and grind hard. That's what we were taught. That's how we were bred. But I've actually come to realize that hard work actually just makes you tired. It doesn't get you to the goals that you want. And so I'm introducing another way to be able to build your business. What I love about the book is that it's written in a way that even if you don't even have a goal to make millions, you'll set your online business up in a way that it serves and supports you the whole time. One of the biggest mistakes that I see and a lot of people get caught up in is following after a process that does not serve who they are and what they desire their business to be. We are not just business owners. We are wives and mothers and sisters and friends and our whole life should not be our business. And what I love about our framework is that it allows anybody at every level to take it because if you want to have a business and you want to grow it, no matter what kind of business you have, no matter where you are in your business, you're going to need to do five things or tighten five things. Your strategy, your sales infrastructure, your systems, your support, and your success mindset. And that's exactly what we cover in Move to Millions. Nice. So movetomillions.com is the website, right? Yes. All right. We'll make sure to list it in the show notes. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. This was absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Wow, that episode was one of my favorites. It was just so detailed. And I love that because I know your time is valuable and you can't get it back. So I like to make sure you get an education with every single podcast episode. So are you already envisioning what your first live virtual event could look like? If holding a live event has always been something you've wanted to explore, I really want you to go back and pay attention to the details of this episode, put together a plan, choose your date, maybe give yourself like three months to plan this and make it happen. But here's the thing, it will never happen if you don't choose a date in terms of when you want to do this event. It will never happen. So I'd love to see you put that date on the calendar. And I think the most important thing that Darnielle shared today was the fact that you're going to sell on your virtual live event, but that follow-up is everything. We sell momentum at our entrepreneur experience. Some of you know that, some of you join momentum from the entrepreneur experience. So you get invited to the entrepreneur experience if you go through Digital Course Academy. I do two days of a virtual live event. I've got speakers, I've got special prizes. I do a lot of the stuff that Darnielle shared, but that follow-up is really important as well for those that didn't join Momentum on the live event. And so just pay attention to that. You're leaving lots of money and impact on the table if you don't follow through. So I'm curious if you ever want to do a live virtual event or if you've done one and what your experience is. So you know I'm just at Amy Porterfield on Instagram, right? 
DM me. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you plan to do this. And if you choose a date, let me know the date of your first virtual live event. As always, thanks for hanging out with me and joining me here today. If you never want to miss an episode, sign up to receive my weekly newsletter at amyporterfield.com forward slash podcast. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash podcast to get on my email list. All right, my friends, I'll see you next week. Same time. Bye for now. 